my God. Jesus is the reason. One thing you should know, wherever you go, he is. He's the reason. My Lord. I've just been singing all weekend. I have been blessed by this musician all weekend. All day yesterday, y'all. And it started out this morning and yeah. Two weeks ago, we started a sermon series, an Advent series. Advent, Advent means coming coming celebrating the coming birth of Jesus Christ technically the sermon series is called the gifts of God and we've been unpacking the gifts of God gifts of Christmas what gifts does this season bring to us people are always concerned about getting something under a tree or in a box or handed to them. And, and what I came to tell you is without anyone spending any money or doing anything special like that, the season brings gifts to you if you can receive them. Brings them to you. If you can receive them, sometimes they don't have value to you because you don't, maybe you're not mature enough to appreciate uh, those things yet. But already we celebrated. Already we celebrated. <clears throat> the gifts that this season can bring by way of remembrance the gifts can bring us already we know this season can bring us hope 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 might not mean anything to you until you find yourself in a situation that hope is all you got hope not only does the season bring you hope, but the season also brings you love. Yeah, love. And it's a special kind of love. Yeah, it's a love that you've never had before. I never knew love like this before because most of the time our experience with love is conditional. It means something else had to happen. The kind of love that comes at this season with the coming of Christ is an unconditional, unconditional love. And this on this third day in the Advent calendar that we're talking about is we're going to talk about another gift. And it's one that people talk about. But I don't really know if people understand what this gift is. It's confused a lot. Yeah, confused. I bet if I said this to you uh, and I ask y'all to stand up and sing the Christmas hymn, Akuna Matata. Yeah, it ain't no Christmas hymn, but y'all know that song, though, right? You also know uh, it's a Swahili word. We don't speak Swahili, but we know it means what? Yeah, yeah, no worries. For the rest of your days, 
Yeah, it's what folk call their problem free. See that? Hakuna Matata, you've been indoctrinated. Anybody that's been watching anything related to the Lion King since I think 1984, when it came out the first time, knows that song. Yeah, they know who Pumbaa and Simba are. 94. 94, I'm sorry, yeah, not that old, 94. Look, somebody corrected me. They knew they were there. Went to the premiere. Went to the premiere. Yeah. Can sing higher than Pumba and Timba. They know all of it. People adopting a, a, you ever heard folk? I'm just, you know, I'm just, Hakuna Matata, they adopt that lifestyle. I don't realize it's a cartoon. Yeah. But you can have better than that. You can have actual joy. And can I tell you this? I hate to be the one to bear you. There is no problem-free life. And so adopting a problem-free philosophy means that you're going to live a life of avoidance, ignoring the issues that come up. How about we, instead of that, come up with a matter or a mechanism for dealing with life through the problems? And that's what this season brings to you. Uh, I can't tell you a Christmas season in my life once I became an adult. And I'm sure it happened before I was an adult. I just didn't know it. But I can't tell you one as an adult that was problem free. There was always some issue that came up. Most of the time in my limited, immature, non-spiritual view, it had to do with money. Not enough to do what I wanted. And that brought its own pressures and stresses with it. Yeah. And can I tell you how liberating it is to not have that issue come up? It's been a long time, really, since Karen and I exchanged Christmas gifts with one another. And the reason is we try to love and take care of each other throughout the year. And so not having something to open on a Christmas morning has not been our priority for a long, long time. Uh, I'm good with a September 3rd gift if it's all right. I mean, if, if it works that way and we feel like we need to celebrate each other, then we, we can do that. And I'm not sharing that. That's just where we are at this point in our marriage. But it's liberating to not think that we're tied in that way to a day on the calendar to have to be sincere and good to one another. It's sincere when we do it. And we also know that we don't come through this life without problems. Yeah. And that's not to say that if we want to do that, we can't do it. We can, we can absolutely do it if we want to, but we don't have to. And I know at a certain point in our lives, we felt like we had to. And so today, if you will, 1 Peter 1 and 8 gives us a scripture. 1 Peter 1 and 8 reads, though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible, I love that word, inexpressible and glorious joy. What is this season of joy all about? 
the gift of joy that's being offered during this Christmas season is one of deep and abiding joy. But if we're honest with ourselves, if we're honest now, we're honest. I just want you to be honest. I don't want you to look around at anybody else. I just want you to sit where you are, be where you are, is what they tell you. A lot of people in here don't feel joyful right now. No, a lot of people in here are struggling. And we try to create joy by tossing, Hakuna Matata, our problems aside, ignoring our deepest frustrations, ignoring our, dip, our deepest uh, 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 negative thoughts, and just living for the moment. The problem is what you do when that moment is up. We don't even want people to know we're struggling. And so we divorce ourselves from what could be true joy. Ignoring your problems is not what the spirit of Christmas or the joy of Christmas is all about. While it might be, while it might be nice to be able to do it for a while, it's shallow and it's short-lived and it leaves you just as empty as before. In my opinion, a theology like that is like eating cotton candy. Anybody here like cotton candy? Don't it just, you just, when you see a, a nice puff of cotton candy on that little paper tube they give you, doesn't it just fill you with an expectation that this is going to be all right? In fact, when you were a kid, you probably begged for, can I get, can I please get some of that cotton candy until you put it in your mouth? And then it just disappears and, you, and you, you're looking and you're like, what happened? <laughs> well, it was, it was a big wad of nothing. That was, well, maybe it was a big wad of sweet nothing. Yeah, it's not fulfilling at all. Not at all. If you're hungry, I'm, I'm, if you're hungry, don't get no cotton candy. Because you're going to be hungry and mad <laughs> after you eat the cotton candy. And that's how it is when you try to live a Hakuna Matata lifestyle. When you try to push all your problems to the side and just live for right now all your problems will come sliding right back because you've never truly, truly dealt with them. But joy is more than just a feeling. No, it's more than just a feeling. So today, if you're going to understand what joy is all about, I must first encourage you to come to this conversation with the spirit of honesty. Be honest with yourself. Admit to yourself What's going on in your life? You don't have to be worry-free. You don't have to be problem-free. All right? You don't have to be unburdened or innocent to have the spirit of joy that comes with the spirit of Christmas. It's not a requirement. The joy I'm talking about is a deep, powerful kind of rejoicing. That's talked about in Psalms 96. Let me see if I can read it. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord. 
for he comes. Have you ever been, I, I really didn't know this kind of experience until I got older. Um, growing up in and around an urban area, I've never really sat outside in like a wooded area and just listened, just listened to what was going on around me. If you've never done this before, I, I urge you to have this experience. Maybe some of these, we call them country boys, grew up knowing this. But I've sat there and I've listened and just heard the trees talking. I've heard the wind blowing and it was almost like music. And then if you throw in a line of birds singing, it's just melodic. And when I think about let the earth rejoice, and celebrate, then I understand. Now, that didn't mean that some of the trees didn't have broken limbs. That, that, that didn't mean that there weren't problems going on in the forest. Some of the trees may have even been dying, and yet they still allowed the wind to have music in their limbs. And it was just beautiful to me. And, and for some reason, Deacon Barrett, when I was in that place, though I had issues in my life, I felt peaceful. It's an amazing offshoot of being in a place where there's joy, that peace comes about you. So the question that, that pulls at us and nags at us is, is, if you don't feel joy this season, how do you get it? How do you get joy? How can you receive the gift of joy in the middle of suffering? Can people in hospitals be joyful? What about people in nursing homes or in prisons? Can they also have the spirit of joy? Do I only feel joy when I get my bonus check in my hand? And if I don't get my bonus check, does that mean I'm not joyful this season? Why does joy have to be contingent on something happening? Isn't it better that joy come from within? And I came to tell you, that's exactly where joy has to come from. But in order for it to be true joy, you have to learn how to anticipate, want, joy. How many of you want to have joy in your life? Just by a show of hand, raise your hand. If you want to have joy in your life, amen. Amen. We all do, I think, at some level want to have joy in our lives. But some of us have been expecting joy for so long that we've given up. Hadn't shown up, or we've just forgotten what it feels like. Or maybe, maybe we don't even know that it's coming in the first place. I came to remind you today that joy is still available. If you look at the history of our people, look at the particularly people of color, we have had to exist on two things, y'all, hope and joy. And we've had to find it in places that one would not necessarily look for. We've had to look in the face of adversity and still believe that God had something better for us. We've had to look in the face of injustice and still believe that God has something better for us. That's not new to our generations of people. That's in history past, that's also happened. That people have always had to have hope. And in the midst of some of those seemingly hopeless situations, we've also had to find joy in the life that God gave to us. The Israelites had no doubt given up hope that a Messiah would ever come. The Egyptians were so hard on them. The Hebrew people were beaten and treated like chattel and cattle in some respect. And yet they still had a notion that one day God would fulfill 
what he promised and he would send them a Messiah. They still believed and folk would look at them like they're crazy and say, God has forgotten you even on this earth. But they still had hope. And somebody in here has been walking a pathway in their life that makes them feel like they're all by themselves. And guess what being by yourself does? It makes you feel like nobody cares about you. And there's a, there's a, there's a bad thing that comes with being in a place like that. That isolation feeling makes you further isolate yourself. It makes you pull away because being around other people tends to magnify the problem you have in your mind. But can I tell you another way of looking at it? When you're around other people who know you and know what you're going through, then they have the sensitivity to help lessen the burden you feel, but not if you're by yourself. And so I'm asking you right now, push away the feeling of being alone to just deal with your problems. Because aloneness amplifies and seems to justify itself. There's something blessed about being around other people who love you, who care about you. Spend time with them. Joy is found in settings like that. Some people have been holding out hope that their situation is going to change. It may not. We're talking a spirit of honesty right now. Your situation may not change. No, no. In fact, I'm going to say your situation might get worse before it gets better. That's just the way life is, depending on your circumstances. But when you're waiting with an anticipation of joy, it's simply an opportunity for you to have a deeper feeling of excitement when joy finally comes. In other words, it didn't come today. But in my faith, I fully expect, here we go, faith, that God is going to be true to his word. He's going to bring me a solution to my situation. And if he doesn't bring that solution, he still loves me. And he's going to continue blessing me. When you are in that hopeless situation, you stop looking at how good it has been to you in other situations. It tends to cloud everything. But hope stays alive, and that hope produces joy. Joy will continue growing if you fuel it with the hope of how good God has been. Watch this. Watch this. You have to learn how to make your waiting purposeful. Uh, this, is some, this is some grown folk stuff right here now. But I'm telling you, we talk a whole lot about people being depressed and people struggling with their mental health right now. And can I tell you, it's very real. But people are no more depressed today than they have been in history past. We just talk about it more. We put it in the public eye more. We are conversant about it. And we're even a little bit better at diagnosing it right now and seeing it when it's coming. But the remedies are still there for people who are struggling with it. If we can move or prepare to move from a state of discouragement and experience life-giving joy, if we anticipate that that's what's going to happen. Look, when the angel showed up and delivered the message to the shepherds on the hill, we talk about that at Christmas time. When they showed up and delivered that message on the hillside, the shepherds did not immediately feel joy. What's the first thing they felt? Fear. 
Oh yeah, you're in a you're in a dark field, minding your business, thinking about whatever you're gonna eat, the porridge or mud and soup or whatever you're gonna eat. Uh, when you get home, it's cold. You're listening for animals that can come and harm you. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, remember this now, imagine this, you are in a deep dark and all of a sudden the sky lights up. Nobody's going to feel joy at that point. First thing you're going to feel as a human is what's going on here? I'm afraid. Where can I hide? How do I know that's what happened? Because I'm looking at the scripture. The scripture said, but the angel said to them, fear not. So it was obvious these men were afraid of what was going to happen. And then after he told them, he, the angel, told them to fear not, then he talked about the other part. So the first thing I want to do is tell you that in order for you to get to joy, you got to address your fears. Whatever you're afraid of, whatever you're struggling with in life, whatever's holding you back, whatever you think you can't do without someone or without something, you have to address those fears. Because it's in those fears and the resolution of the thing that's making you fearful that you're struggling with, with doubt and depression. And hope is hiding behind that fear. And so we got to deal with the fear. But once the fear is addressed straight up, then hope has the opportunity to breathe. The angel gave us the example because as soon as he said, fear not, he said, I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. But I got to deal with your fear first. And how do I know it had an effect on them? Because the Bible says that when he gave them that news and he gave them the direction, and that's what he did, he said, for unto you in the town of David, a savior has been born. And he is the Messiah. He gave them the roadmap to finding the joy. And watch what they did, Gloria. The shepherds, the lowest, the most depressed folk in the community, ran and found the good news just where the angel said he would be. And the Bible says that those shepherds who initially were fearful but were given a roadmap to joy, once finding the joy, they couldn't contain it. They came back, the Bible said they came back full of joy after having seen. Verse 20 says, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and which were just as they had been told. And so I came to remind you today that the same God who blessed those shepherds with the good news of the coming Christ of, the, of the, uh, the newborn Christ is also available to bless you with newness in your life. And it'll be just as he said, it, if you let fear get out of the way and follow his direction, you got to anticipate that he's going to bless you. But watch this now. This is important. Not only do you have to anticipate the joy, you got to recognize it when you see it. Oh, yeah. I don't know that joy walks around with a T-shirt saying, I am joy. I don't know if it does, but out of all the people in the world, nobody would have thought that the shepherds would have been the one to come and find the Messiah first. 
But not only that, there's a group of men, we call them in scripture, we've always referred to them as the wise men, the three wise men, the magi. Can I tell you something that's strange about them? The Bible says that the magi followed a star. A star to the place of the birth of the of the uh, Messiah. Fiatha, I don't know about you. You probably can because of your years of service. You can probably look up at the sky and talk about all of the uh, constellations and all that. I never could do that. When I look up, all I see is stars. But, but, but watch this now. This is what's amazing to me. The Magi looked up at the same sky that everybody else was looking at. And they saw a unique star. And that star told them that something special has happened in the world. And it was so special, because they anticipated, that it caused them to leave their homes and travel to a distant place that wasn't a quick, quick trip. They had to take resources with them. They went to a distant place and found the child where the star said he would be. They anticipated it, which means they were looking at their charts. They were looking for a change in the constellation. And then they saw it come on, Cam, and they followed it. My question to you is, are you looking for change? <clears throat> are you looking for something different in your life? Are you satisfied with where you are in the rut that you're stuck in? Or are you looking for a way to get out of that rut? Because if you're looking for it, God will give you a unique something in your life for you to follow and be able to find the gift that he's prepared for you. But you got to recognize that joy when it comes. Not only do you have to recognize it, you got to choose joy. Oh, yeah, you got to choose joy. The Magi experienced hardships along the way. They didn't let it deter them. They experienced intrigue and heat. <clears throat> like I said, the traveling was for a long time and, and it didn't take a, a, a few days. It took months and arguably a couple of years. According to scripture, it took a couple of years. The, Bi the Bible gives you this impression that on the night that Jesus was born, not the Bible, but popular culture gives you the impression that on the night that Jesus was born, the shepherds got this angelic host I mean, this angelic invitation, and they ran and found Jesus that night, and Jesus was in the manger, and at the same time that the shepherds ran, that the magi came from around the corner, and they found Jesus in the manger as well, and they presented gifts to him, and I came to tell you that historically that is not correct. In fact, stop believing that if, what you, if that's what you believe. The scripture is pretty clear that when the magi, the three wise men, found him, the child, not the baby. They found the child in the house. That's what they said. Not in the manger. Joseph and Mary had already moved on from the space that they were in when the baby was born because they were only in town because the census was being taken. They were out of space when they came, which is why they ended up in a manger, no, in a in a barn, so to speak, because the, the, the town was full of visitors, just like them. They weren't going to stay there, but they had to remain there. I would say this, watch this, Andre, use your, your today sense. 
that Joseph had to keep Mary and the baby there long enough for him to do some work to earn enough money for them to travel back to Nazareth where they came from. And while they were there living and earning, because he also had to pay the taxes that he was there for. That's why Caesar made them all come. So Caesar could identify how many men he had available for his army if he needed it, and so he could get taxes from them. <clears throat> That's why they were there, and while they were there, while they were there, the Magi showed up, and it was almost like they had hit the lottery. Oh, yeah, when the Magi showed up bringing them frankincense, gold, and myrrh, all of these were very valuable things. <laughs> and so for a poor little family that had nothing, they suddenly have an abundance of everything, and you could hear the music in the background, moving on up to the east side. <laughs> oh, yeah, they got the come up. Everybody was wearing J's and jeans after that and ready to Look at the Bible in context. But what I'm telling you is, even if they had been depressed, God continuously blessed them along the way. But you have to choose to be joyful. How do you choose to be joyful? Say this and sit down, Andre. First thing you got to do is learn how to be grateful. We tell you this all the time. We, we make kids when somebody gives you something, say thank you. Well, when you're grown, nobody should be telling you that. You ought to learn to say to yourself, I ought to be grateful for this because no one had to do this for me. Nobody had to give me this. No one has to do anything for you. Grown folk, not even your parents. They don't have to do anything for you. It's good when they do it. It's a blessing when they do it. You can anticipate it and be grateful when they do it, if you know to be grateful. And I came to tell you right now, parents, teach your children to be grateful. Teach your children that you don't have to give them anything. You don't have to do anything for them. Most of them are so spoiled that they think everything they got, they earn because they're so wonderful. Gratitude is taught. It's taught. And nothing is better in a workplace for your folk, your children. How many of y'all work with some grown folk who ain't grateful? How many of y'all work with grown folk who always stay late for lunch and don't never say thank you when you cover for them? Yeah, because they always come back thinking you're supposed to do that for them. They don't know enough to say thank you for taking care of what I was supposed to take care of. Teach your children not to be that somebody or else their co-workers will be looking at them the same way you look at your co-workers. And you don't want that for your children. Learn and teach gratitude. But right now, you got to learn how to choose gratitude. How do you do that? Exercise it. It's like a muscle. A muscle gets stronger when you exercise. You get better at playing the piano. How? Exercise. You get better at singing. Exercise. You get better at being a drummer. How? By exercise. I was proud of Reggie last night when I went to see him. We went to see him last night celebrate. I got to tell you this, Reggie, I, as proud as I always am of Reggie, I was even more proud of the drummer. The drummer who plays with him is Christian. The first time Christian played the drums was right here at 45th Street Baptist Church. And he used to sit in and play for us sometimes with his uncle Milton. And now he is absolutely dynamic. 
a much sought after drummer in the city of Birmingham and all because he got a chance to sit on the set and learn how to, and he was grateful. What you call him, K-Smile. You can't take the smile off his face. It's just his personality. He realizes what a wonderful blessing it's been for him. But you have to teach kids that. And he's always so gracious whenever we see him. He's been here to play a couple of times when D couldn't be here. Uh, and so we look forward to celebrating with him again. Look, it's counterintuitive for you to act joyful when you don't feel that way. That means it doesn't make sense to you to act like you're full of joy when you're really feeling down. This is the problem I have. We let children act like they feel too much. And so they walk around like this. What's wrong with you? Nothing. Yeah, something wrong with you because you keep acting like something is wrong with you. You have to teach them that even though you might not feel so good, Every now and then, you got to allow people to know that everything is all right. That doesn't mean you have to fake. It just doesn't mean that you have to walk around looking like you have nothing to be happy for or nothing to be joyful for. You don't have to show that because all you're really doing when you act like that is asking for somebody to say, what's wrong with you? That's what you really want them to say. Teach them to be able to appreciate things when life isn't even going the way they want it to be. I know it's hard. I've been there myself. I struggle. And my face is such that I can't hide a whole lot of expression sometimes. I can't. And so usually when I don't feel right, it shows. It shows. But I've learned to hide my face. Thank God for masks. Oh, that's a benefit of masks now. Yeah, but you know what mask can't hide, Michelle? I'm bothering you. Michelle can't hide your eyes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. People say, I know what you're thinking because of your eyes. <laughs> it's true. Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Learn how to be grateful. Not only that, choose to obey. Be obedient. Be obedient. Jesus said, I've told you that, well, I've told you this so that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Jesus told his disciples that the best thing they could have was obedience. He said, obedience is better than sacrifice. Do what I tell you to do. Do what I tell you to do because what I'm telling you and teaching you is going to keep you from being in situations that are gonna harm you. And we often want joy to just appear from out of nowhere. It doesn't. Joy comes because we want joy to come, because we, we show joy, because we're grateful and because we're obedient. Like gratitude, obedience requires practice. I found that I'm less joyful when I'm trying to be hiding and sneaky. Kinda hard to be joyful under those circumstances. It's a process that I have to follow. I don't always get it right. Sometimes people ask me what's wrong, and I'm really joyful. But I have forgot that my face doesn't reflect how I feel. And that's okay. I just have to correct that and try to get it in sync just a little bit better. And then the last thing I want to tell you is I got to learn how to abide in joy. 
Learn how to live there. Live in that space. Don't grow weary in doing okay. Life not, might not be 100% what you wanted. But every now and then you can say to yourself, but I'm content with it being where it is right now. I'm okay with that. I don't always have to have 100% of what I've asked for. The second part, I mean, the other part of the joy of being, I'm the secret of joy is to be obedient, to be grateful, and to live in that space where joy is with obedience and with being confident that God has blessed you in the way that he has. I can tell you right now, there's some things I would love to take off my plate. Some things I can go back and say, Lord, I wish this hadn't happened in my life. I wish I didn't have to go through this. And I'll tell you this right now, and I'm out of here. There are many days I sit back and I say, why did my mama have to die when she did? And you probably say the same thing about somebody in your circle. What if? I wish. Things come about in your life. And can I tell you right now, I'm mature enough. I've gotten to a place in my life that I can imagine that if my mama had lived, longer than she did, the differences it would have made in my life, I would not have grown like I have because I wouldn't have been forced to. I would have still had somebody that I could lean on in situations where I needed to learn how to lean on him. Yeah. Was it Lee Williams and the spiritual QC said, I learned to lean on Jesus. I learned to lean on, to trust in him. Yeah. Anybody here know what I'm talking about? That if it had been just left up to you, you'd still be leaning on somebody else. But can I tell you that I'm grateful to God then? So think about this. One thing that brought me immense, immense sadness, I got mature enough to say thank you, Lord, for putting me in that space, even though it meant taking somebody from me that I love, you let me get better for you through this process. That's not disrespecting my mama. No, that's giving glory to God for how good he's been because not only did he take her, but he replaced her with himself. And I got closer to him. I got stronger in myself because mama was there. And I've learned to be obedient to the things that he's told me to do because I found out that if God will take something big like your mama, he'll give you something bigger for you to do. He'll give you... He'll give you something that's purposeful. And I've sat and I've talked to so many people who have lost somebody close to them. And in my heart, I can say, I understand. I know what you're going through. But then I want to encourage you and say, but get ready. Because God's going to bless you real big. Are you ready to receive what God has given you? Can you, can you handle it when he brings it to you? I, I know you're feeling emptiness right now, but God's going to fill that space with something. Just get ready. Be obedient to what he tells you to do. Be joyful in the Lord. Rejoice. The Bible tells us all the time. See, it says rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. He's here for you this time. This season brings us joy. And I'm anticipating how good it's going to be all season long. Don't stay in sadness. Follow the Lord. Trust in Jesus Christ, and he will bring you the joy that is already part of your spirit. Yeah, if you got him indwelling in you, you already got it in you. You just need to learn how to water it. Watch this. Watch this. Not only were the folks in Scripture joyful, folks today are joyful. 
people in this room today are joyful. If I took the time and went around the room and had a joy party, I bet we'd all be shouting before we got out of here today because everybody in here has been touched by something they may not have concentrated on it enough. Reggie T are about to sing a song of welcome to somebody today who might have experienced something special while we were sitting here. The Holy Spirit has probably touched them and let them know that they need to be a part of a church family. That's reason for all of us to be joyful when somebody finds the Lord. So I'm extending an invitation to somebody who met Jesus the Christ today and allowed him to come into their spirit. Learn how to celebrate that kind of that kind of activity from a spiritual standpoint. There may be someone online who's also gone through the same thing. And we ask you right now to let the Lord lead you in that respect. Today is a day of newness. Do you know the Lord is the question. Come on, stand, if you will. <laughs> Join us in singing this Rejoice song. Rejoice in oh. the Lord always and again I 